Well, well, welcome to detailing design. Design. Welcome. Welcome. Design. Design. Welcome. Welcome. Design. Today's episode is titled Combining Logic and Creativity. What does that mean? Design is a plan for arranging elements in such a way as best to accomplish a particular purpose. The details are details. They make the product. It will, in the end, be these details that give the product its life. Charles Eames Welcome to the first episode of Detailing Design. My name is Cameron Bradbury, and I'm an aspiring architect with a Bachelor's of Science in Architecture from the Georgia Institute of Technology. When I'm driving down the road or walking around with friends, people often ask me, why is this building done this way? Why is this column right here? Why did they make this hallway so tiny and dark? And sometimes the answer isn't always clear. Some designs can have a complexity to it that can be baffling, even to the trained eye, and can take some serious thought to figure out. And then there are some that are incredibly simple, yet elegant. And even further, there are those that weren't thought out at all, and there isn't a real reason for anything. Three guesses as to which is the most common. During my times as a student, there have been many times when a beautifully delicious concept for a design falls apart because of some minor inadequacy. Something that, at the time, frustrated me to no end, making me hate my studio critics and professors for being so nitpicky. However, as is to be expected, they were right. As a designer, one must understand that nothing can be placed without intention. As an architect, this rings even truer. It's these little moments that define the entire project, whether it's in music, writing, painting, or architecture. It's the underlying phrase that you use when writing music, the stanza type you use when writing poetry. It's the way a window is situated in a wall. It's what color you use on your brush. It's the detail. Sometimes it's easy to forget about the detail. You have a great idea, but you don't have a lot of time, and you're so focused on the overarching idea that you forget about the little things. One of my philosophies for life is it's all about the little things. It's about the detail. And when I say little things, I don't mean a garnish. I don't mean something thrown on there to make it look pretty. I mean the things that bring the project together and often end up being the crux of the design itself. For example, look at your door. 
It likely has a doorknob, maybe a lock, some hinges. Maybe it's a sliding door. Does it have a mirror attached to it? Can you see through the door? All of these things define what that door means as a part of your life, and in that, it transforms everything around it. How you interact with that door is determined by those details. You obviously wouldn't want your bathroom or bedroom door to be see-through, but a porch door could be. If it's rusty and has trouble opening, you notice it immediately. But when it performs as expected, it blends into the background and simply melts away from your focus. My goals for this series are to share my experiences and stuff about design that interests me with the rest of the world. I want to allow insight into how architects and architecture students think and to help explain a style of detail-oriented design logic. Now, by no means am I saying that this is the one answer or that this is the absolute right way to go, but I've found that focusing on the detail is what works for me. As Eames said, the details make the product, and in the end, it's the details that give the product its life. This is absolutely true. However, every design, every piece of artwork, every symphony has to start with a single concept. An overarching idea that captures the spirit of the design. In this, you have to find a mix between logic and creativity. But what does that even mean? By logic, I mean a set of rules. And even that may be too strict ironically enough. It might be too strict because when I say logic, I mean even something akin to an ideology, a set of guidelines, something that you use to determine what happens next, some way to start the form. It's using this argument of logos that drives much of our world. It's useful in law, the sciences, and art and it's useful in architecture just as much. Having an underlying logic is critical to having a successful project. Otherwise, things just don't make sense. Imagine this, if you will. You're going over to a friend's house for a dinner party. You've never been there as they've just moved in. You walk up to their front door and you knock on it, but nothing happens. Peeking through the window, instead of a foyer, you see a bedroom. And then off to the side of the house, you hear, Oh, you're here, come on over. This would probably confuse you, and rightly so. Because this is the front of the house. This is right where people would typically enter. As determined by the logic of the houses you've seen all your life. Going around the side, you climb a set of stairs into the attic where they have the kitchen sink, a bookshelf, and a toilet. Now, obviously this house would probably never be built, and if it was, it would never sell. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have a logic. That's what I mean by logic. Some way to read the project and determine the next steps. Similar to logic, creativity is almost exactly what it sounds like. After you have defined your project's guidelines, you should explore how to bend them, or even break them, in various moments. 
Some may describe this as thinking outside the box, but I would prefer to describe it as breaking the rules. But breaking might be too harsh a term. One should never have a design that is so rigid in its thinking that it's afraid to explore a unique concept that it wants to naturally. The steel must be tempered after initial hardening to reduce brittleness. In architecture, your established set of rules should make sense, be apparent throughout the entire project, and be somewhat easy to follow. Or not easy to follow, but nonetheless, it should be complete. Having a project that consists entirely of fundamentals while appreciated in the annals of history and should be studied and understood as fundamentals does nothing to advance the craft of your chosen practice. Combining logic and creativity is a simple step, but a very complex one at the same time, which may sound nonsensical at first. Your logic must be solid. It must be beyond reproach, a redoubt, if you will, in which you can defend your proposal when facing criticism. A flaw in the logic inherently leads to a weaker creative drive. Restrictions and foundations help shape the project far more than a blank page ever will. Your creativity is what helps you take what already exists around you and pushes it that one further step. This is not to say that you need to reinvent the wheel with every project. However, you must ask yourself, what am I adding to the world with this design, no matter what your field is? You must ask yourself, based on what already exists, what am I doing? In regards to architecture, it's a discursive practice, a long list of references. Architects build off of one another, no pun intended, to advance the design theory. Some would argue that architecture is on the cutting edge of any society, as architecture reflects and is reflected by the society in which it exists. One of the most difficult things I did as a student of architecture was to study architecture. Your first thought may be, wow, this guy was a terrible student, but hear me out. I'm talking about looking up precedents and truly studying and understanding them. As a student or practitioner of any design, it is important that you attempt to fully understand your field while you are trying to learn how to design in it. As a student of music, you would want to know what a triplet is, surely. And just as much, you should know the work of Beethoven. Only through a series of explorations of what already exists can you take your design, your creative new logic, up a notch to the next rung. If each architect redid and learned everything from scratch, we'd never have made it past the post and lintel structures of the Neolithic era. We'd be stuck. But here we are. This is important to remember in design. 
something that is often forgotten. What already exists? What can I use? How do I make this mine? With this in mind, you will be able to successfully adapt and focus the detail to your own purposes and continue to grow as a designer for the rest of your life. Thank you for joining me today on Detailing Design. If you have questions, comments, or something you'd like me to discuss in a future episode, you can reach me at jcbraddesigns at gmail.com. Details for the music used in this episode can be found in the description. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.